I know your love is hunting and, and getting outdoors. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm just a just a good old boy. Like my, most of the guys I know in Tennessee, they like to hunt and fish. That's me. You know, I grew up in Indiana and and kind of kind of cut my teeth on the cornfields up there, trying to trying to learn how to kill a whitetail deer. You know, and mm-hmm. so cool too. That he took his dad to kill his first deer a couple years ago. Yeah, so I actually had to get on the scope and get the deer in the scope because he was having a hard time with that. And, yeah. And uh, he, he killed his first buck, so. It's neat that it's someone worked in reverse roles there. It really, it's yeah, it's unbelievable. And now I've got a, a 23-year-old son that's calling me saying, Dad, I'm, I'm on public land where you killed that one big deer, and tell me where I should go, you know? So it's it's from my dad to my son, it's it's crazy yeah. right now. So yeah. it's cool. That's well, awesome. Man, it ain't all about antlers, dude, yeah. you know, and it's just the experience as a whole and passing it on to another generation. There's, there's stages to that, and it's, it's you know, like you said, there's, I want to go shoot a deer, right? Mm-hmm. If it's a brown, it's down. Well, I'm, I'm a meat hunter. Well, I'm going to kill any legal buck. Or Then you get to that place where you kill a few big deer, and I want to pass that on to my kids or share that experience with my dad or whatever. There's, I, I, I really, truly believe there's different stages that we get to. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. Enjoy every one of them because <laughs> they, don't, they don't stay long. Well, speaking of time in the woods, you, you've been big in the guiding for elk and turkey and all kinds of stuff, and, and you got to, got to guide here in Tennessee here recently, right? Yes. The award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. we got a fun show lined up for you today. We're back at the John Severe uh, Hunter Education Center, and uh, Matt Cameron is helping me co-host. He's lined up a few shows uh, here, and uh, happy to be here. Always, man. I, I love having you come back to your roots. You bleed orange. I do. Big fall fan, so no better place to be than Knoxville and during yeah. football season. Definitely, definitely. Uh, on the tail end of a win, I know this show is going to air later, but uh, they're doing all right right now. I got that one loss. That's okay, but yeah. we'll keep pulling for them. Uh, speaking of Knoxville, speaking of being up in this area, I guess speaking of Morristown, that's where the Region 4 office is. Correct. Uh, we appreciate our radio partners, uh, WJDT of Morristown. They air Wildcast on Saturdays at 5 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. And we appreciate WJDT out of Morristown for running the show. We appreciate all our radio partners and our TV partners. And, uh, if you can't find the show, you're not looking hard enough because we're everywhere. Uh, over 30 radio stations out there on the podcasting app. Uh, YouTube and all kinds of places. So just appreciate our, our listeners and our, our viewers and uh, glad to be here today. And we got Rick Taylor with us. Rick, appreciate you. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, Rick's with CVA and Begara. And Master, you've done some work with him on some drop the tailgates. And uh, yeah. you said we should have him on the show. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. And he's, I've said it before, he's been a great blessing to me professionally and personally. He drove up from Cookville all the way to White Pine, Tennessee, <laughs> and he hung my cabinets in my kitchen, man. Yes, I oh, did. Right. right in the middle of nowhere. Man, so he's a carpenter as well. A, a dang good one, too. <laughs> That's he's good. Painting a house right now somewhere. Yeah, yeah I, got a, I got a little construction business, kind of handyman. Keeps, keeps me busy outside of being in the woods. So you own your own business. They say you can uh, plan your trips around your work, right? 
that's that's ideally why I got into it, anyways. Yeah, awesome. Well, I may have to uh, have a sidebar conversation after the show. <laughs> Teach us. Uh, but anyway, so tell us a bit about uh, about yourself. So you got a construction business, but uh, I know your love is hunting and and getting outdoors. Yeah, man, I'm I'm just a just a good old boy like my, most of the guys I know in Tennessee that like to hunt and fish. That's me. You know, I grew up in Indiana and and kind of kind of cut my teeth on the cornfields up there trying to trying to learn how to kill a whitetail deer you know and mm-hmm. but uh mostly mostly small game stuff getting started and and uh, fishing a lot we had a, a neighbor had a big pond so we'd go down there and fish a lot and dad would take us and and uh you know my dad did some hunting but uh some deer hunting and growing up i never never even saw him kill a deer so that was that was kind of wild that i really kind of took root with it and, and took off i killed my first whitetail at 13 with a 20 gauge slug gun in the cornfield of indiana so awesome yeah it's well, so cool too that he took his dad to kill his first deer a couple of years ago yeah maybe. so three years ago we we'd uh we had a deer picked out that we were we were i was really trying trying hard for my dad to kill this buck and uh it just him living in indiana and coming down and spending a few days at a time timing didn't work out this deer was on camera and i've watched the deer from the stand a few times and and uh so one one day we pulled into the farm and hadn't even gotten out of the truck and my dad saw a buck tending a doe in a field straight straight back so mm-hmm. we were able to drive the truck around the field and come over this ridge and get set up and and uh, i actually had to get on the scope and get the deer in the scope because he was having a hard time with that and, yeah and uh, he, he killed his first buck so it's it was, neat that it's worked in reverse roles there it really it's it's unbelievable and now i've got a, a 23 year old son that's calling me saying dad i'm i'm on public land where you killed that one big deer and tell me where i should go you know so it's it's from my dad to my son it's it's crazy right now so yeah it's cool that's awesome that's awesome yeah i mean you think most folks we have on the show you know the talks hunting and fishing they grew up doing it and Mm -hmm. and their and their dad showed them the ropes or their granddad showed them the ropes but it's crazy to think that your dad hadn't killed a deer or harvested anything until i think he was uh spending time in the woods to just just have some sure. some guy time you know yeah just he, he may have gone out there and, and, and slept he worked third shift and <laughs> yeah. probably just leaned up against a tree just to just to be there so who knows <laughs> who, who knows how many big deer walk by that's right but i've, I've enjoyed that. having my time in his later years now being Amen. retired mm-hmm. to, to spend that time with him out there and I, so. I get hung up i've hunted my whole life and, and never killed a really good deer so i'm i want a seat at the adult table at thanksgiving <laughs> dinner you know where i've kind of given me a big ball hanger yeah. and i don't have that so but i get hung up on that and i forget man it ain't all about antlers dude yeah. you know and it's just the experience mm-hmm. as a whole and passing it on to another generation there's, there's stages to that and it's it's you know like you said there's i want to go shoot a deer right mm-hmm. if it's a brown it's down well I'm, I'm a meat hunter well i'm gonna kill any legal buck or then you get to that place where you kill a few big deer and i want to pass it on to my kids or share that experience with my dad or whatever there's i i, I really truly believe there's different stages that we get to mm-hmm, and definitely enjoy every one of them because right. they don't they don't stay long but y'all listen to the bear grease podcast yes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i've heard a few there they, they had a show just about deer hunting and you subscribe to it if you don't listen to bear grease jason got me on it it's it's fantastic but they had a oh, wait 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 subscribe to wildcast first <laughs> and then bear grease here yeah <laughs> shameless sorry, plug sorry but they had some, I mean, some deer hunters on there that have killed you know, Boone and Crockett deer, and they had them each tell a story. None of them talked about killing 
a big buck deer. It was just a silly story. One guy was peeing out of his tree stand because he couldn't hold it anymore, and acorns were dropping, and these deer heard him peeing and came running over there because they thought it was acorns dropping, and he shot a little old doe with his bow. That was his story, and the wow. guys killed a wall full of yeah. booners. So, yeah. 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 It was, hunting is just it's different for everybody, but don't feel like a failure if you don't catch the biggest bass or it's limited out on turkeys every year just enjoy the experience of getting out in the woods especially with friends and family. that's right definitely yeah I, i've shared this before but i passed on a deer last year hoping my son would get it so i've come to that point where yep. I, you know i'll let them walk if if i know that they'll have a chance yep. or uh, he's looking forward to the to the youth hunt and i think he's if it's brown it's down he's like i don't care i'll shoot <laughs> a doe too so <laughs> first one my son killed he was six years old it was a button buck made a great shot dropped in his tracks it might as well have been a 12 point yeah. buck man it made yeah. that kid so happy yep. and i wouldn't have traded that for uh, you know a, a booner for myself that's right yeah definitely definitely well rick let's jump into um a little bit about cva and what you do for them i just love to hear a little bit uh yeah, so What's your uh, role there? Uh, BPI, BPI Outdoors is the the big name gotcha. for owns Bergara rifles, CVA muzzleloaders, and centerfire rifles. Okay, as well as Quake, which is uh, rifle slings and some other accessories, and then uh, Power Belt bullets, number one muzzleloading yeah. bullet in the in the market. That's so, what I shoot. Yeah. Yep. So I do all the social media for the brands and kind of behind the scenes. If you see something posted on the social media pages of them. Usually it's me, so I got you. Uh, I get to go to a lot of trade shows and a lot of the outdoor shows too. So that's that's one of the biggest things I enjoy is talking with people and and doing what we're doing here just on a on a outdoor scale with the public, you know. Yeah, that's so, cool. How'd you fall into that? That's that's, that's a- exactly what happened. Is I fell into it. So you guys have had Tony Smotherman. Matt's had Tony oh, Smotherman yeah. on on the show. You guys had him last yeah, year. Yeah, he was great. And uh, Tony is the uh, head of influencer relations, which just basically means he handles the uh, print media, TV shows um writers mm-hmm. influencers mm-hmm. as you know there's a job as an That's influencer now right so today yeah and, and even in college there's cl- courses for that so um tony has been with the brand probably about six or seven years longer than than myself uh they were looking for someone they at the time that i came onto the company tony was handling putting together a pro staff and he said hey man i want you to be my tennessee guy mm-hmm. i was like cool so Started with CVA, just just doing some pro staff stuff. Basically, that means they send you a gun, you promote it on your own personal pages, right? Yeah. It's it's not a great big deal to do it, but uh, I enjoyed doing it and did it proficiently. Got to the opportunity to also do the same thing with on the Bergara side, and then got to go to a couple trade shows and some outdoor events that they did. And one day at a trade show, uh, actually shot show in Vegas, the marketing manager, he and I were just sitting at a table kind of away from everything. It was kind of some downtime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said, Rick, what's your, what's your goal? What's your plan? What are you going to do? And I, I didn't realize what he was asking me, but it was in relation to the company, you know? And, uh, I told him, I said, well, one of these days I'm going to draw a salary from the company. He goes, well, <laughs> you moving to Georgia? Cause we're based out of Lawrenceville, Georgia, just kind of Northeast of Atlanta there. And he said, so you moving to Georgia? I said, no, yes, I said I can do your social media anywhere I have Wi-Fi or, or phone connection. Yeah, exactly. And at the time, you know, it was kind of him and another guy trying to get it done on a, on a regular basis. And uh, he said, "Are you serious?" And I said, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so for the following year, I did ninety-something percent of the posts without a salary. Mm. I proved myself. Yeah, right? definitely. And uh, so. January of the following year, there was a position he created with a salary for me to do it, and very cool. Been been doing it since, and we've had some 
changes there, but uh, I've still been been a part of it and still doing the trade shows and things like that. So that's awesome. Really enjoy it. They've been been great to work with and great great people that I work with too. So I really really enjoy that that part of my my side hustle, I guess, because my construction business is my primary deal. So. Yeah, definitely. But uh, again, get to schedule my way around doing things for them as well. So. Mm-hmm. Schedule that time in the woods. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of time in the woods, you, you've been big in the guiding for elk and turkey and all kinds of stuff. And, and you got to, got to guide here in Tennessee here recently, right? Yeah. So we're... Uh we're third day of the elk hunt right now. It's it's Monday of the the, the rifle hunt, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually had an archery hunter reach out to me back during the archery uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was a couple days into his hunt and kind of struggling. So I said, "Look, I don't really have the time, but I'll give you two days." and And got out there and hunted with him all day Monday and Tuesday. And Tuesday evening, he he got an opportunity, and unfortunately didn't didn't capitalize well. It was it was not a great shot, but the bull will survive, and uh, it's. It's a good thing he saw him the next evening and yeah and uh checked where that bull had been there was not any blood so that bull will survive but uh fast forward to the the rifle hunt this past weekend i'd gone up a little early and and uh gone up there thursday evening found found a good bull and he had three cows and a couple calves with him and and uh basically i i just sat back and watched him for a little while and then completely backed out of there the wind wasn't right if i'd have sat there that may have, may have hit him in the nose we wouldn't have seen him again you know yeah Still had two days before the hunt, so uh, Friday I put out a couple cameras and actually didn't get anything on camera. And uh, so Saturday morning I didn't know exactly where this bull was going to be, right? And um, so the way these food plots, uh, TWA does a great job on the food plots out there. They basically skin the top of these ridgebacks and and build food plots on the highest point, and they're they're just a chain of food plots. You know, you have to walk. To, to connect all of them there's mm-hmm. two track road and you got to go from a front gate to a back gate most of the time to, to have a couple of different ways to get in there and and uh, the wind was a little shifty so we really had to play our way around the fields but went in and sat up where we'd seen that bull or where i'd seen the bull on thursday evening and and uh i let out a couple of bugles a couple of cow calls and it was windy and it had rained friday night i actually camped right at the gate that night just to just to be out there man yeah yeah and uh slept slept great rain hitting the tent and just it was, <laughs> it was awesome so he met me saturday morning and like i said we got in there and set up where that bull had been thursday evening and there was just no sign of him and it was 20 30 minutes into the hunt and i said we just we're going to start slipping around these food plots because generally what these elk do in the in the evenings they'll come into these the food plots or the green areas and and they'll get their bellies full and they'll bed down there and come morning they're going to get up they're going to eat a little bit they're going to hit water and then dive off into the woods Hmm. sun's going to hit those fields it's going to warm up you know they got a fur coat they got to get out of that heat so they uh that that's generally in, in the experiences that I've had, uh, what what they do, so we were we were two and a half miles in or so, and I finally saw a little light brown patch through the woods, and I said, "Dude, there's there's an elk right there." And it was the first elk that we saw was this bull, mm. and just a beautiful six by six, and and uh, so we made our way down into a, kind of a draw in between the two food plots, and there was a pond there, and you could tell they had just come out of the pond. It was muddy and on the edge and everything. And uh, we had to get away around so he could find a gap in the woods there to, to make the shot. And, and the bull never knew we were in the world. You know, he shot and he just, just anchored, dropped him right there. So You think that rain the night before helped you sneak around? Oh, without question. Yeah. Because it was yeah. so loud. There's so many acorns on the ground up there, too. It literally.
literally when you're walking, it sounds like you're walking on eggshells. And it was so loud the all day Friday when I'd been in there all Friday morning and Friday afternoon sneaking around. I was like, man, we're going to, we got to, and literally at one point in the area that, that I wanted to take him, I cleared the ground with my foot for the last 75 yards from the woods to the edge of the field so that I knew going in there Saturday morning, we would have a 75 yard buffer of just dirt hopefully yeah those leaves were crunchy and the acorns everywhere so um fortunately the rain came in quieted everything down even we better were, yeah yeah we were able just to sneak right around and and played the wind that was the biggest thing because you know we were talking before we got started here about thermals and mm. thermals are a huge deal and i don't care if you're elk hunting or deer hunting or bear hunting whatever it is if they smell you they're done mm-hmm. you know and, and even in elk on tennessee as much as they interact with people with the razor riders and the four-wheeler riders and even other hunters um their nose still is is part of what helps them survive you know their biggest part of survival and even though what is it three weeks out of the year you get seven archery hunters and mm-hmm. one youth and seven rifle hunters that's the only time these elk really have a predator mm-hmm. and uh here we are still using the wind it's, yeah, yeah it's it's survival still, of the fittest still gotta hunt them that's right i think people think it's almost a canned hunt because yeah. it's in a zone or protected and all that but you still have to put the work in that's right we i mean i've i've guided six rifle hunters and all six have been successful one hunt may last 10 minutes one hunt lasted seven days mm. you know so it's it's not a gimme but it's a matter of putting the boots on the ground putting your time in and and you know woodsmanship using the wind using the, the right approach and things like that so. yeah marking uh having your trail ready to sneak in that's right that's something i've never thought about yeah. i mean just you know if you're scouting like which is sure. we've talked about before the show scouting's important yeah uh, you know clear that trail so you can sneak in on you it. know even at home using a, a backpack or a leaf blower and clearing that lane yeah i've done guys that. carrying electric blowers to yeah. stand and yep. doing the same thing i had a friend that took a lawnmower and mowed through the woods to yeah. get to his so. yeah yeah it's all those little tricks, yeah. So we talked about the the elk hunts was seven, seven, and one mm-hmm. this That's year. Right. Seven archery, seven gun, one youth. Next year, next it's year. bumping up the game a little yeah, bit. So tell us about up. that. I'm going to pull up the guide. It's in the guide, uh, this year's guide. But the uh, the hunt is going to be uh, 19 quota permits next year. So uh, nine archery, nine gun, and then the uh, young sportsman, one young sportsman. Uh, permit and uh, application period is is earlier i know we talked about this before yeah. the show but uh we bumped the application period up a little bit last year to help give people more time to plan hire a guide or or you know scout and things like that this year it's it's in february february 7th to the 28th of 2024 so that's the application period and it's a once in a lifetime kind of thing i mean it's Oh, yeah. You know, 19 tags this year. I mean, it's, yeah. it's growing, but it's still going to be a, 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 you know, a needle in a haystack to get drawn. Do you put in for the Tennessee Elk? Oh, 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You've been drawn yourself, and but you've got to take. Yep. And even with the, the TWRF, TWRF, the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Foundation, the one tag that they get to, to help raise funds for their mm-hmm. organization. I don't know how many tags I bought, or you know, tickets, ch- raffle tickets, tickets yeah. raffle tickets I bought for that over the years either. So, but yeah, to be a part of it. As you said, a once in a lifetime, mm-hmm. I killed an elk in Tennessee. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I've put in for it before, but I just forget about it too. I don't. I should be putting my name in the hat more than I am, especially that youth tag. I know. Old Tucker out there. What have I been doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, you haven't killed Tennessee elk. You've got a whole bunch of people, but you've hunted 
Colorado yeah. quite a bit. Yep. Tell us a little bit about your hunting out west experiences. Oh wow! So that's usually my favorite uh, or my first big game hunt of every every season because uh, elk season out there starts like the first week of September, archery. So we've been going out there. I've been to the same place for the last four years now, and actually been successful the last three years, including September this year. I, I took another bull with my bow awesome. so we, t- we take a group of folks out there some of them have been some of them never been and and uh it's it's just been incredible we had six tags in camp this year we killed two cows and one bull so mm. and last year basically the same thing we had six tags and we killed three animals so that's pretty good odds yeah. I, it I is folks that go and don't bring anything home between a group or two of them yep. and so and there's there's different ways to do it. You can pay an outfitter big money to go out there and do it, or you can pay like we do. We pay an outfitter, but the outfitter is basically he has leased property, and we pay a trespassing fee to go actually hunt the property. So it's private ranches that we get to hunt, and uh, some of it has has some border public, which gives us access to public land that people would have to go miles to get into. Mm. So it pushes you know some of the the public will push those elk deeper into public or on the private or on that edge you know uh, first bull i killed out there uh in 2020 i guess it was covid year i, I killed a bull out there uh three weeks out of the hospital with covid i remember wow. that yeah, the yeah. doctor told you like there's no way no how you're yeah like, I, I told him i told him the night before i got out i said i'm i'm going to colorado in three and a half weeks to or three weeks to elk hunt and he goes no you're not and I said, sir, I'm not asking your permission. I'm, I'm telling you what I'm doing. If I die on a mountain out there, I'm I, going. I'd rather rather suck wind and give it up out there than I would be laying in a hospital bed. So how many, I mean, you talked about two and a half mile walk to get to these elk because mm-hmm. you just guided here. Yeah. How many miles are you putting in out there typically? Uh, out there, we were doing anywhere between 10 and 17, 18 miles a day. Every day. Every day. So you've got to get yourself prepared oh, yeah, to go you do. do this. It, and, you know, you think about doing seven miles here walking versus seven miles at 10,000 feet where the air is so thin. It's it's a lot different. So this, this two-and-a-half-mile hike here was a whole lot easier than Colorado. <laughs> I killed my bull. It was He was four-and-a-half miles from the truck. But, again, it was private land. Yeah. I did pull a four-wheeler out there on a trailer and was able to drive the four-wheeler literally right up to the bull quarter him out and get him out but you know those guys that are that are more diehard than me that are going into that public land deep and mm-hmm. packing them out piece by piece and you know i, I know uh, jason campbell here in tennessee uh last year the year before he had to pack his bull out of out of tennessee because it was it was deep and they couldn't get to it wow so yeah yeah is there any conditioning you do for that do you, do you prepare yourself for that i home? just stay busy yeah i do i'm i'm on the go all the time so you know i bought a new truck in november last year and it's got forty thousand miles on it so i go <laughs> yeah yeah wow well one thing i want to talk about before we get too far away from it was uh, uh and you mentioned it before the show gary limfoot right yes sir killed uh, a buck last or uh, elk last year and you helped guide that no yep. call so it was, uh, it was that time two two years two ago years. i think is what it was yeah, yeah two years ago yep and uh so that was the raffle ticket that TWRF gets, and Gary actually didn't win that raffle ticket. It was oh, a cool story. Right. Yeah, Brent Brent Snedeker, I think is how you say his name. Yep, PGA golfer, uh-huh. golf pro. He won the tag, and and when John Allred from TWRF called him, Brent's like, "Look, I just wanted to give money to the organization. I had no intention of winning that tag." Right. And uh, Brent said, "Is can can I donate it? Is there somebody that I can donate it to?" And and uh, Gary Lenfoot ended up with the tag, and. 
when I found out the story, Johnny told me the story. I was like, dude, I want to, I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So I did, I, I got to go guide him and it took us five days, you know, he's in a, a track chair, which is a, a, has tank tracks on the chair. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that thing's not fast. I can walk faster than that thing, you know? So it was uh it was a challenge, but Gary hung in there and, and man, we got it done on the fifth day. He killed a bull that he was happy with and we were all high-fiving and it was, it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I know he appreciated it and we appreciate it. Uh, you know, putting your time in for yeah. that and making that happen for him. That's cool. So a donated um, permit by mm -hmm. Brent yep. and then donated guide service here. <laughs> Didn't charge the man at yeah. all and took five days to get it. So just, yeah, fantastic story. Thank you for that. Yes, sir. Very, very big blessing. Mm -hmm. Very, very much so. Well, we got a few more minutes here, and I want to touch on uh, uh, some deer hunting. I mean, that's that <laughs> time of year. We love, love to chase deer. Mm -hmm. And uh, – uh, we were talking before the show again about a deer you labeled as notch yeah i'd love to hear that story uh, so notch is a deer that uh i've had the opportunity to watch some deer grow in the place i get to hunt and, mm -hmm. and this deer he uh i know i was into my third year of watching him actually on camera and, and knowing it was him but going back i actually had four years of photos of this deer so um i was trying to get my dad on the deer in, in 2021 and timing again you know he 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 ended up killing a deer that year, but it wasn't this deer. Mm -hmm. And it was just just a solid 125-inch mainframe eight, but he had some junk, you know. A uh, little, little kicker off his right brow front, and then a little kicker coming off the back of his left. And, and I found his antler from 2021, I'm sorry, 2020 and 2021. I found his left side shed within 50 yards of the exact same spot two years apart wow right so i was like cool this is he's this home is, yeah he's he's <laughs> home and, and uh pretty much thought we had him figured out for my dad to, to take him and and timing just did not work out and uh 2022 summer that deer walked in and i got his first picture and in my mind i'm like that's no way that's the same deer and went back and looked at pictures and it 100% was him, you know. And you knew this because of the notch, right? Yeah, a notch in his left ear. And my daughter and I, the reason reason we we nicknamed Deer, just backpedaling a little bit. So my 15-year-old daughter, she's as eaten up with being in the outdoors and hunting as much as I am. I mean, maybe even more. Because mm. I've not set foot in the bow woods this year yet. So uh, for Deer in Tennessee. Yeah. But uh, so we nicknamed Deer so we can kind of differentiate the ones we're talking about. Okay, we're going we're gonna to let bruno that's that's her deer mm -hmm. you know he's seven and a half years old this year and he wow. is an absolute giant probably won't share the pictures of that deer. <laughs> um but anyways he's a he's a big deer for for anywhere in the country but tennessee he's yeah. he's a giant you know i'm, I'm gonna say 70s mm. and and uh big deer so but um 2022 summertime notch walks in i get a full velvet picture of him kickers off back right brow and stickers off his twos and everything just just unbelievable and i told my dad i said dad i i love you but if i get a chance i'm gonna i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna kill this deer and uh going back to the construction thing i took off the month of november and i i hunted hard i did i was in there every chance that i knew where i thought he was going to be i was in there and never laid eyes on him hmm. and then uh december it was the Sunday before the 14th, whatever day that was. So the 14th was on a Wednesday, so it was like 11th or so. My wife and I were loading up to go to Opry Mills to do some Christmas shopping. And at 9.30, 9 o'clock that morning, 
he stayed in front of the camera for 45 minutes on, oh, a, on a mineral man. site. Kind of little drizzling rain. It's like he's sticking his tongue out. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Go, go Christmas shopping, big yeah. boy. So I I went on and, and spent the day with my wife. <laughs> right Good man. Back right there. I, I stopped. This is where the story's going to turn like, honey, I love you, but <laughs> go ahead. You have to invest on the important things, right? No, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Amen. Monday, I did not hunt. Tuesday, I hunted. Didn't see him. Wednesday morning, calling for full forecast pouring down rain. I had one stand that I could stay dryish in, mm-hmm. and I killed him that morning, 30 minutes after daylight, wow. and the pouring down rain. Came so to that stand. It did. He sure did. I had three cameras that he was hitting, and that was the middle camera. For three days at night, he was hitting that camera, and he walked in in the daylight that morning. Perseverance pays off. But he didn't walk by the camera. Mm. I, I killed him. Got him for you. But I did not get a picture of him. He skirted the camera that time. Goes to tell you, your camera doesn't see everything that's out there, right? Yeah, True. definitely. It had not not been sitting in that stand, I wouldn't have killed it there. Right. So you 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 got got to go. You ain't gonna kill them laying in the bed. That's, that's right. what I, I tell people. Yeah. You you're, you're gonna strike out mm-hmm. a lot, but you, you can't be afraid to fail. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And scouting's important. I mean, you know, do a whole show just on scouting. Yeah. Was talking to him, Jimmy Kyle Clark, some of these big deer hunters, they put in a lot, a lot of time outside of the season. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the wood is in the shed. They go get it and burn it when it's time to burn it. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> they know, they pattern these deer, they know how to hunt them. So yeah. put your put your work in. Take a few notes and uh, go out there this season. It's it's right in the middle of it right now, the 2023 season. And getting the fever now. Yeah, I know. It's getting cooler. It's <laughs> yes. time to go. I'm about to stretch, get my bow back out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Rick, I appreciate you. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Been great information. Great uh, great talking with you. And uh, Oh, your handles on social media. Yeah, Very good on social media. Uh, Instagram, it's T-N-T-R-K-Y-H-N-T-R. So it's Tennessee Turkey Hunter, abbreviated, no vowels. And then uh, on Facebook, it's just Rick Taylor. All right. So I'm, I'm one of the admins on the TN Deer Hunters page, so I'm, I'm not hard to find. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, go out there and find him and uh, go after some deer and enjoy the season. That's right. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.